Jason Isaac is the director of Life Powered, a national initiative of the Texas Public Policy Foundation to raise America's energy IQ. Jason has appeared live on Fox Business Network, other national news shows, and his commentaries are regularly published. Uh, Fox Business, The Hill, Washington Examiner, The Daily Caller, and especially as a contributor to the Epoch Times. Prior to joining Life Powered, Jason, who's a fourth generation native Texan, was elected four times as the state representative for Hayes and Blanco counties in Texas Hill Country. He served on the Energy Resources and Environmental Regulation Committees, among others. And I'm pleased to have him join us in the Economic War Room. Welcome, Jason. It's great to be on, Kevin. Thanks for having me. You know, we've seen each other at conferences. I always love hearing you speak. I've seen your video, which we'll share with, with all our viewers later. But you're kind of a celebrity among those who monitor America's energy security. <laughs> well, I appreciate that compliment very much. I love getting up to go to work every single day to work to end poverty around the world. And energy is the key to doing just that. Uh, there's hundreds of millions of people that are nearing starvation because of some economic policies that have been put in place over the last few years. Uh, we need to reverse that trend. We need to be producing more energy here in the United States and exporting that energy, that freedom, that clean air, and that economic prosperity around the world. Yeah, and you know, you make a really good point. The American energy producer is actually a hero. And I had the chance to speak to the Oil and Gas Accountants Association. I can't remember the exact title. And I said, you're heroes because you make it possible for us to produce energy without all the corruption that they have in other nations. America is truly an energy leader in that respect. Yeah, and, and many thanks to our private property rights that we have here in this country that provide an economic incentive to produce those minerals, to produce that energy. And you're right, people that work in the oil and gas industry, that work in producing coal, that work in producing nuclear energy, they're really the ones that are going to work like I am every day to end poverty. And when you let them know that that connection to access to energy is what would alleviate poverty around the world, that's something that really empowers people. And I've spoken to crowds around the country and you tell that to them and you can see their chest stick up a little bit, their shoulders raise up. They feel confident and happy and prideful about the work that they're doing, not only for our energy security, but really that effort to help people around the world. Absolutely. Well, now tell us the title, Life Powered. I mean, that's a powerful title. Explain. It, it is, yeah. yeah, yeah. Energy powers life, and a life powered by affordable, reliable energy is really a life worth living. Uh, and, and again, I, I mentioned people around the world that suffer from energy poverty, which is the same as poverty. It's about a billion people on the face of the earth that have no access to electricity or energy at all. Now, you've got almost half the global population that just has intermittent access to electricity, something that we take really for granted here in the developing country. Uh, the power for me just went out this morning. I heard my neighbor's generator kick on, uh, something I don't have the luxury of having. Uh, but it is something that we take for granted here in this country and, and don't recognize that there's three and a half billion people on the face of the earth that only have intermittent electricity, enough to power a refrigerator that we take for granted here in the US, that's all the electricity they have access to on a year. Well, I work with the EMP people and the, the risk if we had a national power outage for a year, I mean, they said like 90% of Americans would die. Uh, most of the people in the rest of the world, uh, they're used to uh, having less reliable power than we do, or many of the people 
are, but uh, we are so dependent on it. But it's not just electricity, and it's not just gasoline for our cars. Hydrocarbons produce so much more than that. Yeah, we've got a great video, Energy Powers Life, that just shows all the products that we come to, not all of them, but a lot of the products that we come to depend on for these daily essentials. Uh, when you look at the medical field during the COVID lockdowns, we were highlighting all the plastics and the equipment that was being utilized and that it's made from plastics that are derived from the production of oil and gas, where here in the United States, I argue we produce it more responsibly than anywhere else on the face of the earth. And the last thing we need to be doing is keeping it in the ground. We need to be pulling it up out of the ground because really we've got a, uh, this, this, I call it our third millennium energy. It's not our 20th century energy. It's our third millennium energy. We've got enough energy that we know about to power our civilization for the next thousand years. Uh, and it does produce so many more products than just electricity or gasoline for our cars. Well, let's watch that video because I think it, it really does make that point dramatically. Wow. I mean, the difference between medieval times and modern America really is that energy supply and not solar um, panels and not wind energy. It actually goes beyond that, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's energy that you can depend on when you need it, not when the weather is cooperating. But I, I love that video. When kids tell me they want to get rid of fossil fuels, they want to keep it in the ground, I show them that video and ask them what they're willing to, willing to get rid of. Because a lot of people don't understand, again, the products that we get, not only just the electricity and the gasoline, as you mentioned, but the products that we get in our daily lives and where they come from. And really, if, we can, if we're concerned about the environment, we should be producing all those products right here in the United States because we would produce them more responsibly than anywhere else in the face of the earth, caring about human rights and environmental protection that leads to economic prosperity. This production of energy leads to economic prosperity, and that's why we have such incredible environmental leadership in this country. They go hand in hand. Yeah, no question. But, but the key issue, we have enough of it? We have enough of the fossil fuels, oil, gas, coal, et cetera? Just for a thousand years or so, Kevin, that we know about. And when people ask me, you know, what are you going to do when you run out? I say, well, I'll find another Texan and we'll find more. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, the, the, the two points, we're the dominant energy producer. We have plenty of it. Second point is uh, we're the clear uh, energy leader in terms of clean air and good environment, right? Yeah, it's the last thing a lot of people don't know about is, is we're environmental leaders. Our, our, we've had incredible strides over the last five decades of reducing pollution from the air. Things that actually impact human health at large concentrations, a 78% reduction over the last five decades. That's phenomenal. We need to take a break. When we come back, I want to dive further into American energy production and how we should be leading the world. Jason, in that video, we saw that energy powers life. There's no question about it. Modern America does not exist without American energy production. And yet, there's this massive pushback. You know, when I was growing up, I grew up in Oklahoma. When I was growing up, the, the, the people that produced energy were heroes. They powered our economy. And they powered the economy of the whole world. But I saw it happening, you know, real time. Uh, my dad used to work for Skelly Oil Company, for example. But now, there's this Big pushback that those who are producing energy are somehow evil. Why is that happening? Well, I think it's this global climate cartel is pushing so hard against affordable, reliable energy to really 
control every aspect of our lives. Now, it, it pains me as a Texan to compliment Oklahoma, but you look at Oklahoma and their history in World War II. It was people, oil and gas producers from Oklahoma that went to the United Kingdom to help them produce oil and gas that led to the victory of the allies of World War II. And so we have a, a lot of people in Oklahoma to thank uh, for that victory and, and our freedoms that we have today, but it's it's about the energy that we produce. And so you've got this climate cartel. I sometimes refer to them as a climate cult that has just cult-like fascination. And I refer to the climate cult Kool-Aid as decarbonization. And the result is the same. You drink the Kool-Aid from the Jim Jones cult from decades ago, you have death and destruction. You, you embrace net zero, this decarbonization, and it's the same thing. That is the climate cult Kool-Aid, and they've got this fascination with it. It's become a religion, uh, and it's really unfortunate. Well, and they attract a lot of people who don't realize that they would have to give up so many things. I mean, I think at the true believers at the heart of this cult, uh, well, are two. One, they're not a true believer. There are a lot of them that are, that are just flim-flammers that are trying to make themselves wealthy in the process. But there are some true believers, and I think they really would like to take us back to the Stone Age. I really think they, they feel like modern life is evil somehow, even as they get on their uh, jets and fly around the world. Oh, they're, they're very Malthusian in nature and think that the humans are the problems. You look at Jane Goodall and con, con, comments that she made to the World Economic Forum a couple of years ago and telling us that we need to get back to a population that we had in the 1500s in order to sustain this planet. That's a 95% reduction from where we are today. When, but when you look at the actual facts of life and our life expectancy, the health outcomes that we've experienced over the last 100 years as we've produced more energy, people that have access to affordable, reliable energy, Kevin, are living 20 to 30 years longer in healthier environments with clean air, with access to clean water. Times are much better. Look at the deaths from weather-related events that are down 99% over the last 100 years. So these are good things that are happening because we have access to more affordable, reliable energy. It means we can build stronger homes, we can live longer, healthier lives, and don't have to work near as hard as we would have 100 to 150 years ago. We're not behind an animal pulling a plow and driving that plow into the ground. We're actually using farm equipment that's made and manufactured with fossil fuels and powered by those same fossil fuels. It's absolutely incredible the advancements that we've made. And to think that we need to go back and get rid of 95% of the people on the face of the earth, that's a little frightening for me and my family. No, it's crazy. And yet there are people putting on three-piece suits, going to Wall Street and peddling that and getting Americans to invest in their crazy scheme, their cult, uh, through ESG. Yeah, you look at the Paris Climate Accord, which is has not been ratified by the United States Congress. I think it's actually treasonous that you have companies that are forcing American businesses to comply and meet the terms of a Paris Climate Accord that's meant to reach net zero by 2050. Well, the simple facts of the matter are, and this is using the models that the United Nations has justified, this climate accord, if everybody met the terms of the accord and we're net zero by 2050. They're trying to stave off this one and a half or two degrees of warming by 2100. But if every signatory in the Paris Climate Accord, including China and including the United States, met the terms, the temperature differential by 2100 is less than two tenths of a degree. So nowhere near do you keep up warming from one and a half to two degrees. And even if you did have one and a half to two degrees of warming or even four degrees of warming, which is not gonna happen, 
Does it be mild and manageable just like it's been over the last hundred years? We're going to see greater economic prosperity, less poverty, better human health, and a cleaner environment. So why the drive to do it? I really think it's about control. And when you force companies to bend the knee to this ESG, this environmental, social, and governance investing, and force companies to align with Paris, it's completely detrimental to American energy producers. It's detrimental to humanity on the face of the earth. Well, there's no question. In fact, I saw a quote. uh, Larry Fink, the head of BlackRock, says, we are forcing behaviors on CEOs or their comp will go down. And so the economic incentives have been turned on their head and CEOs of American companies are going to this net zero because they're afraid their compensation will go down because their investor, BlackRock, is going to mandate it. Yeah, and that's why executives are doing this. It is all about their executive compensation. They're embracing this because their large institutional investors like BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street are telling them to. You're right on. They have to have this huge, this high rating from the Human Rights Coalition, uh, which you'd be surprised, you probably won't be surprised, but some of the companies that have been recent turmoil, Bud Light and, and Target, have had pretty high ratings with the Human Rights Coalition because of their embrace of some political agenda. Uh, but they really need to get back to fiduciary responsibility. It's about capitalism, not stakeholder capitalism, but shareholder capitalism, providing a good product to your customers, getting a return, investing that back into your people and technology, something that Southwest Airlines should embrace, but instead they've embraced decarbonization. They're more worried about plant or plants providing fuel for their planes when they really should be worried about getting those planes on time and getting their people compensated properly. That's a perfect example. Southwest Airlines, one of the great American company histories, and now they're failing their customers, it seems. And the same thing with, uh, with Bud Light and Disney. You mentioned all of them. Uh, why? People keep asking, why would they do such a stupid thing? And the answer is, is because they're being paid to do such a stupid thing. At least the CEOs are. Yeah, they're being manipulated by these large institutional investors that control a vast majority. I think the last time I checked, you had companies like BlackRock that had at least a 5% stake in greater than 90% of the companies on the S&P 500. A 5% stake is pretty significant when it comes to getting shareholder resolutions adopted. And even Larry Fink has boasted, we don't need to do that anymore because they do direct political action into the boardrooms and talk to these people one-on-one and get them to adopt policies that are contrary to the best interests of their business. Yeah, well, that's true. And the scary part of it is, is it's not, they don't have to do it anymore uh, directly with the shareholder resolutions. They actually can do it directly injected into the politics of the United States through the Biden energy policies. So oh, yeah, the Biden, yeah, the Biden administration has completely embraced ESG and wants to punish companies that don't bend the knee and don't align with their political agenda. Yeah, well, let's take a break. When we come back, I want to talk a little further about the Biden energy policies, how they're detrimental for America, but what we can do to fight back. We're talking with Jason Isaac. We're talking about life-powered. We're talking about America's energy future. And the Biden energy policies seem to be headed towards this decarbonization that uh, no American really wants. At least they don't want the impact of it. Uh, Tell us, what is the Biden energy policy attempting to do? Well, they're trying to really rewrite 
policies that are distorting the market, these so-called Inflation Reduction Act, dumping billions of more dollars. Americans are already on the hook for billions of dollars subsidizing unreliable variable energy that only produces about 4% of our energy needs here in this country, while fossil fuels was was 80% just a decade or two ago. And these billions of dollars of subsidies to get us away from fossil fuels has reduced it down to about 79%. So we are wasting a ton of our money out of one pocket paying more taxes and having more debt for the United States while we're also paying higher utility rates out of the other pocket. So they're trying to distort the market to propel their favorite industries, wind, solar, and these battery backup systems. Unfortunately, we found out in Texas the hard way that they don't work when you need them most. We had winter storm Uri in 2021. Uh, some reports say up to 700 people died as a result of that. We just didn't have enough electricity on the grid, and it's because the federal government has distorted the market so heavily in favor of these weather-dependent technologies that are actually crushing Americans with less reliable electricity and higher rates. Now, didn't we see this movie before with Soliandra? I mean, it, it's, it seems like we're repeating the exact same mistakes we had during the Obama administration with corruption uh, favoring our competitors or maybe our adversaries like China, right? Yeah, yeah. You look where these products are manufactured and made, and you look in uh, where the, the elements come from that go into the battery technology, that go into the electronic components, the cobalt mines in Africa, where UNICEF reports 40,000 kids between the ages of four and 13 are working in these mines in unsafe conditions. Uh, there have been some great books. Cobalt Red is a good one that's come out recently talking about this very issue. But over 80% of those mines in the Congo, in Africa, are owned by the Chinese Communist Party. These are companies that are owned and controlled by the Chinese Communist Party that are dictating the minerals that we need or we have this thirst for because of government subsidies. Uh, it, it's, it's really unfortunate because they're not produced in an environmentally sensitive way. There's nothing uh, good about them to the land. And then when you install them here in the United States, they do take up a considerable amount of land. I've, I've, I've said, I, I wanna bring the left and the right together. I've got this proposal, let's do the Green New Deal. We'll build a and border security at the same time. Now imagine we do a Southern wall of, of solar panels. That would produce 10% of the electricity our country uses. And to show the density of this, I tell people no one would ever cross this wall of solar panels because to produce 10% of the electricity our country uses on a daily basis, at least when the sun's shining, that wall would have to be a mile wide, extend our entire southern border. That's how much land wow. is necessary to produce this undense energy source. But we have hydrocarbons that take up, you know, like a, a, a tenth of the land to produce an energy equivalent amount and that are nowhere near as subsidized uh, as much as wind and solar are. When you look at an energy equivalent, solar energy gets 80 times the amount of subsidies that, and tax credits that oil, natural gas, and coal do. And, and wind is a little over 20 times that amount. That's including these tax credits that we all take on investments and things of that nature. But when you roll those all up together with the direct subsidies, it's astronomical how much more they get for less reliable energy. No, there's no question. And, and the hypocrisy is so blatant. For example, Larry Fink, who, who wants us to decarbonize here, is investing in China. Uh, and, and literally, uh, our, our friend Scott Shepard explained how he sold and enforced an investment sale here by ExxonMobil that got bought by PetroChina, which is ridiculous. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's shift now. 
what is the solution? What are the things that America can do to guarantee a good energy future and prosperity uh, for the rest of the world? Well, I'll tell you, a lot of our states are stepping up, and I was I was pleased when I joined the Texas Public Policy Foundation late 2018, early 2019. I have energy producers that are coming to me and, and warning me that their capital is not available as it was just a couple of years ago, that banks aren't loaning them money because they're in the oil and gas industry. So I, I took a first stab and draft and wrote a bill in late 2019 that was ultimately Senate Bill 13 in Texas in 2021. Uh, it passed overwhelmingly with overwhelming bipartisan support, mind you. That would not happen today. It's become a political lightning rod, but it's this anti-boycott, divest, and sanction regarding fossil fuels, that if you're a financial institution and you're boycotting, divesting, or sanctioning the production of American fossil fuels, then you're no longer welcome to do business with the state of Texas. It's put BlackRock on the boycott list here in Texas, as well as 10 other financial institutions like BNP Baribas, Bank of the West, better known here in the United States. These are companies that are no longer welcome to do business with the state of Texas. And we've got some of the largest pension funds uh, and other treasury deposits that are not in these banks that are discriminating against American energy producers. Uh, and to date, here we are a couple of years later. Now we're at nearly 10 states that have passed similar legislation. States are passing laws that are telling their treasurers, their state financial officers to invest with fiduciary responsibility, telling their pension fund managers the same thing. Uh, and that's wonderful because they're actually putting environmental, social, and governance scores above fiduciary responsibility in states like New York and California. And those are two of the states that are members of the Climate Action 100 Plus. So that's what we need states to do, is to go out and pass policies that promote fiduciary responsibility and push back against this discrimination of responsibly produced American energy. Yeah, well, our other friend Derek Kreifels with the State Financial Officers Foundation is leading the way, training treasurers and other states to stand up for this. And, and we see it happening in Oklahoma with Todd Russ and other, uh, other tremendous states. And what we're doing is we're training financial advisors at Liberty University. We've got a project called National Security Investment Consultant Institute where we train financial advisors to help their clients divest from ESG nonsense and invest in Liberty security and value. So we're so appreciative of what you're doing, Jason. Where can people learn more about your important work? You can check us out at lifepowered.org or you can find us at texaspolicy.com. We're a project of the Texas Public Policy Foundation, but we're a national initiative. We work across the country and in DC, working with members of Congress to raise America's energy IQ with the policymakers. Uh, and some would argue they need it the most. Yeah, and how can people support your work if they want to write a check and donate to your producing more good videos like you did? Wonderful, thanks. They can go to texaspolicy.com. They can check us out on our Instagram and Twitter. You can find me at Isaac for Energy. Uh, so I'd, I'd welcome the follows and certainly the financial support at texaspolicy.com. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so your donations are tax deductible. Thank you so much, Jason. It's great having you here in the Economic War Room. Great to be on, Kevin. Thanks for having me. I look forward to seeing you again soon. You know, you can learn more about Jason Isaac and Life Powered in our free economic battle plan. You can get a copy at economicwarroom.com. Every month, every week, with every show, we produce an economic battle plan that you can download. You can get back up to what's been said on the program. You can recap it, and you'll have important action steps 